Welcome to the Ephesians 3 podcast. Here you can listen to the student talks given at Ephesians 3, a weekly fellowship where students at Newman Parish in Columbia, Missouri, speak on topics of faith and experience fellowship and life-giving community. Based on the passage of Ephesians chapter 3, verses 17 through 19, the ministry seeks to lead students deeper in the Catholic faith through community, conversation, and prayer. We hope you enjoy listening to this episode. tonight when uh, I was a student here, as Aaron said, um, it was called E3 back then, and it didn't have any of these things, nor Britney mics, nor like, yeah, so you guys have just gotten really fancy, um, so it feels like I should thank you for letting me be here. It's like, it's an honor to be in like fancy people's presence, okay? So um, I know Marty prayed us in, but um, I would just love to pray with you all. Would that be okay? Just to sanctify the space, and then we can go from there. Sound good? Okay. Yes. okay, let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Father, we uh, just come before you tonight. Just in gratitude, Lord, for everything that you're doing in each of our lives. And Jesus, tonight, um, however we come into this space, Lord, we just ask that you would Open our hearts to whatever it is you are desiring that we receive. And Jesus, you who love us, um, and we who so frequently forget, we just ask, Lord, that you would reveal your heart to us once more tonight, in whatever way you want. We ask that you would bless this time, bless this space. Um, show us where you're moving, Jesus. And Mary, we just entrust um, this entire night to you, asking you to be a mama to us, asking you to come very near and lead us closer to your son. It is in his most holy name we pray. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Okay, so Ephesians 3, fancy. Um, as Aaron mentioned, just a, a quick little introduction on me. Um, as she said, my name is Alyssa. I currently live in St. Louis um, in CUNY with my friend Maggie, who's here somewhere in the back. I don't know, maybe she, she doesn't want to wait. Okay, great. She's right. <laughs> um, I'm in St. Louis. I, as Aaron said, I was a youth minister for a number of years when I graduated from Mizzou. And um, I currently work for a healing apostolate in the church. And so what I do is um, coordinate events for priests and religious and bishops and um, just different populations in the church to come and receive healing and receive resources. Um, and it's a really great gift. But it's an even greater gift to be here with each of you guys tonight. Um, I was here not too long ago, five years ago or so, sitting in those chairs. Like I said, different background, plus fancy for sure. Um, yeah, and I, what I was drawn to most while I was sitting here in, in this room, what I was drawn to most throughout my college career was um, the way young people around me were responding to the gospel. And even as I got into youth ministry and became a youth minister and in charge of leading young souls closer to Christ, the thing that utterly captivates me about young people, and I, I truly believe this with all my heart, is that there's, there's something about the way that young people respond to the gospel that Jesus utterly delights in. 
Like there's something about the way that you and I and this strange demographic we're in of like post high school, but like not yet totally on our own in our own vocation, right? Um, there's something about the way we respond during this time of our life to the promptings of the Lord that it's, it's almost like a commentary on the way God loves each human person. Um, like it's something that he so deeply desires that each person who encounters him would, would want to live radically and, and take a new turn and decide to forego a major to choose something else because, because they've been attracted to the goodness of God, right? And I think he so delights in it. And so um, it was a, a really exciting opportunity when Aaron and Ben told me we, what we want you to speak on tonight is this idea of giving a full yes. Like a full yes, a total yes, right? Um, if you were here last month, uh, my good friend Sean Feltz, who was also a youth minister, um, he was here and, and I believe he spoke about the idea of being a radical disciple and what that means. Right? And the need as a disciple of Jesus to be continually returning to that initial encounter that we have with the Lord. And so, um, in talking with Aaron and, and Ben and, and the, what they were praying through for UIS community, they said, um, we would love to know like what it is to go a step further. Like, what, it, what are we saying yes to when we say we're going to be a disciple of Jesus? What are we saying yes to? How do we continue to say yes? And maybe what are we saying no to? And, and how do we continue to say no, right? And I love this idea of giving a full yes, because um, when you hear the word full, when you hear the word uh, total or, or complete, right, like the language of totality is the language of lovers, okay? Like we just had Valentine's Day yesterday. I know, I know you guys, college campus Valentine's Day, whatever. Also the feast of St. Cyril and Methodius for all you who pray, okay? <laughs> Um, but for Valentine's Day, like you never see those little heartfelt candies that just say like, like love you until this date, right? Or like love you sometimes when you're being like really generous, right? Like no, it's like love you forever and love you always because the language of totality is the language of lovers, right? And so if you guys want to talk about giving a yes, we can have that conversation, right? But that usually comes with some sort of conditions, right? Like I'm going to give my yes to these certain activities for this period of time while I'm on a college campus, right? Or I'm going to give my yes to this degree so long as I know that there's a career on the other end of it, right? Or I'm going to uh, give my yes to this person in relationship um, until we discern that we're no longer meant to be in a relationship um, and they'll step away, right? And so to give a yes oftentimes really prudentially comes with conditions. Like, let me know what I'm saying yes to, right? But to give a full yes, a yes that is total, a yes that is complete, um, it doesn't leave any room for conditions. Like a, a full yes, um, a full yes is a total yes, not because it's small and therefore there's no room left over, but because it's complete. There's nothing else that could be added or detracted, right? And I love this. It's a language of lovers. And so um, when the church speaks about each of us as a human person and our capacity to give our, our response to God completely, where she begins to have the conversation is with the deepest desire of our heart. Okay? So in the Catechism, in the very beginning of the Catechism, chapter 27 says this, The desire for God is written in the human heart. 
because man is created by God and for God. And God never ceases to draw man to himself. Only in God will he find the truth and the happiness he never stops searching for. The desire for God is written in every human heart. And right above this in paragraph 26, the church tells us that in order to give a response of any capacity, right, as, as Catholics, as Christians, in order to respond in any way, it begins here with understanding we're searching for something, right? It says, as man searches for the ultimate meaning of his life, God, who reveals himself and gives himself to man, at the same time brings man a superabundant light. And this light is the light of faith. And so faith is man's response to God. Faith is man's response to God. And so with this idea of what are we doing here as Catholics and Christians and this question of how do we give a full yes, it begins with understanding we're searching for something. Okay. Uh, when I was 17 years old, I stepped foot um, onto the property of the Catholic Church uh, for the first time in many, many years. And uh, I had been raised Catholic, as it were. I was sort of sacramentalized through CCD and PSR. And, um, but my family didn't practice. We didn't go to Mass. Like, not even on Christmas and Easter. And that always scandalizes good Catholics <laughs> when I tell them that. I was like, we weren't even priesters. And they're like, how, how did you get you? What? You know, so um, I was far away. And so I, but I knew churchy language because I'd gone to the classes. I had sat in the classrooms and things. Um, but no one had ever shared the gospel with me. Like, no, no one told me that there is a man, uh, a human man, who was so drawn to me, who had such a preference for me, and like particularly me. Not Christians in general, but like for Alyssa. And not even out of charity or because he had to... Um, but because he was drawn to the places where I was miserable. Like, no one told me about this man. And so my search uh, for a number of years, what it looked like, how that search manifested in my life was um, through a lot of performance. It was a lot of performance academically and athletically and socially even. Um, yeah, it, it looked like binge drinking and um, just a lot of promiscuity with my friends and just a deep, deep insecurity that I was really good at covering um, with self-hatred, which is really just pride, right? Like that's what, that's what the search looked like in my life. And so when someone invited me back to a church for a night of adoration, I had no idea what I was walking into. And I was utterly captivated by what I experienced that night utterly captivated. And I had no idea I was searching for anything at all, right? But the desire for God is written in the human heart. And so my guess is that you guys are here tonight, um, whether you're, it's your first time, which is incredible, or you're sort of like a regular here at the Newman Center or at Ephesians 3, right? You guys are here, and you're in the facility of a church. And so my guess is that... Um, so in some capacity or another, you have found that something here is worthy of your yes. Right? Something in this place, something in this community, something with your friends is worthy of your time. 
Um, otherwise, you wouldn't be here, right? And so whether that thing that you're saying yes to is just Ephesians 3 for tonight, or if it is to this new community, to campus ministry, right? If it's you're involved with focus and it's to um, what focus is doing for you and for the church, like maybe that's it, right? Or if it's just like, I'm just Catholic and I'm just here, but praise God, right? You found a place where your yes can land. And so the question then becomes, like, how do we continue to say yes while we're in college, right? How do we continue to say yes to this thing where I, that my, that own desire that I have written on my human heart for God that I found maybe to have an outlet theory? Like, how do I continue to respond, right? Now, if we ask the church, like, church, how do we respond? Bride of Christ, like, what do we do, right? It's a pretty low bar, okay? What the church says to continue to respond is you need to go to Mass every Sunday in the Holy Days of Obligation, right? And you need to go to confession at least once a year during Lent, okay? It's like, is that it? Like, I can do that, right? <laughs> That's it. If it's, how do I continue to say yes to this Newman Center, this, this place I call home, this um, campus ministry environment, right? Like, perhaps so sometime over the next four years, you, you step out and encourage to apply for a leadership position. I think there's applications coming out tonight for, for awakenings or some for E3 maybe next year. Like maybe the Lord's placing on your heart that the next step for you is, is to apply to be a leader in ministry or to give a talk or to give a witness or to help lead a small group or um, to serve mass, whatever it is, right? To continue to offer yourself for this place that you're calling home. That's an option. If you're involved with focus, like I, I can't begin to describe what focus was for me in college because what it what it did was um, my relationships with my discipler and the people whom, with whom I was in Bible study, there was someone to whom I was responsible. Ultimately God, right? But there were measurable things which I was saying yes to and to which someone was holding me accountable, namely daily prayer. If you're saying yes to this, if you've been high called, you're saying yes to a life of daily prayer, you're saying yes to a reliance and a dependence on the sacraments, particularly uh, the Blessed Sacrament and, and reconciliation, right? And whatever it is, I mean, Bible study, investing in people, you're saying yes to something, and there will be ample opportunity to continue to say yes to those things throughout your college career, right? And to grow and to choose virtue over vice. All those things are on the table, right? And so just to be um, practical for a moment, uh, what, I want, what I want to share with you, what I want to offer to you is just, a, um, just the reality and just the truth that if there are things that you're partaking in, if there are um, patterns of thought or, or things you're falling into that hinder your ability to say yes to these good things God is offering to you, there's no place for it. There's no place for it. And the Lord tells us, let your yes mean yes and your no mean no. And so with um, no judgment at all and just with such kindness to each of you, um, and even like with <laughs> memories of these things flooding into my mind right now as I'm speaking to you, I just want to share that, yeah, if, if what you're struggling with, maybe um, underage drinking or drinking in excess, like, just to offer you that it has nothing for you, okay? And I think we know that, but sometimes it just helps to hear it again. That it has nothing for you, that 
um, maybe the return to pornography or um, yeah, anything else that we use as an escape from the insecurities that we have or the ways we haven't been loved. Like it has nothing for you, okay? Um, and maybe, maybe the Lord has healed places like that in your own heart. And what you kind of struggle with right now in, in giving your yes, maybe it's that um, you're afraid of being on the outskirts. And so if you just share some information about people, right, in a way that's a little bit detracting or a little bit negative, just so you, you have information and you can be on the end, right? Like the tongue cuts like a knife and there's no place for it. And, and pick your poison, like whatever that thing is for you, whatever hinders your ability to say yes to the things that is opening up for you. Um, but what's glorious is that every single thing I mentioned, whether it was what the church offers, what this new incentive campus ministry or focus or, or the church in general, what, what this community of faith offers you is so good and so necessary. And so to say yes to those things is to continue to allow yourself to be transformed, right? And it's so incredible that the Lord has brought each of you into this community for this for this specific time. Those of you who are in uh, our youth group at St. Clair, like I, I've spoken about that frequently, just like the marvelous nature of God that he would ordain time and times and seasons and relationships so that all of us could be in the same space at the same time. It's like, what is he doing here in 2023 in February on Mizzou's campus that he's pulling us all together, right? So it's so good. But my fear, um, my fear is that every person in this room tonight, every single one of us, whether we're a student or a staff member or a missionary or a grad student or wherever we find ourselves, my fear is that we could go through these years saying yes to all those things I just listed, throwing ourselves into Bible study, and even taking time out of our day to go sit in the chapel and maybe getting involved with the service opportunity or serving mass or giving a talk, right? We could do all those things to say yes to all those things and never have it be a full yes. Like I can't, I can't begin to tell you how many people how many of my friends who I know who I sat in these chairs with five years ago who no longer go to Mass or have anything to do with the church? Yeah, and I think it's because the temptation here for you guys who are desiring to give yourselves to God on a college campus, I think sometimes the temptation is that what we say yes to is a brand and not a person. What we say yes to is a brand of Catholicism and not a person. Or what we say yes to is the benefits that um, being a part of a, a social group has to offer us and not a person. And so all of a sudden, uh, when all those exterior things, all those conditions are taken away, right? And we graduate and are sort of evicted from this place that we've called home for four years, and it's time to go to Mass out on our own. All of a sudden, there's not 500 young people coming out of Mass. And all my best friends aren't going to adoration at 11 o'clock on Monday night, right? And so, what have we said yes to in that space? And so, that's like, as I was praying for each of you, uh, <laughs> 
this feeling very maternal and like what is that? I mean, I'm like 26, I'm barely older than you guys. So it's just that like feminine urge to be motherly to anyone slightly like younger, right? Like but where I was feeling so maternal towards each of you was in this in this space. I wanted to share with you that like when you give a full yes in this space, in this community, in this time in your life, it's not to a brand, it's not to an idea or our own conception of who we think God is, that's really just a, a recycling of our own thoughts, right? We're saying yes to a person. And if he is a person, if Jesus is a real man, then he has real desires. Like in the same way that I have desires for my life, look, he has desires for me. And if he is a real person, then he has thoughts that come from his own mind and feelings, like, like Christ is moved with pity for us, right? Like he has his own thoughts and his own feelings and his own desires, just as I do. And the most glorious thing about that whole scenario is that oftentimes, and so frequently, his thoughts and his feelings and his desires towards me and towards my life and towards the decisions that I make, they're oftentimes different than mine. And I know like, that might sound crazy, right? Like, this God who loves me, right? Like, he might have a, a different plan for me than I'm anticipating. And how am I ever supposed to figure that out? And it, we, we just allow that to cycle through with confusion, right? But his thoughts and his feelings and his desires might be slightly different than mine, but never sacrificing my good. And so what we have at this intersection of me relating my own thoughts and my own feelings and my own desires to God intimately in prayer and him relating his thoughts and his feelings and his desires intimately to me in prayer. What you have at that intersection is intimacy. Okay. I said earlier that the language of totality is the language of lovers. Um, and that requires two people. Like to give a full yes, it requires two people. And so when we begin to pray this way, when we begin to actually open our hearts and allow Jesus into every place that we're afraid to reveal to him, and we allow God to reveal every place of himself to us, intimacy occurs and attention occurs. And it gets really exciting because I'm no longer celebrating in the church of me, right? Or at the altar of myself. But I'm letting another person in. And so when we begin to live our lives this way, of relating intimately to the Lord, um, we move into the space that the church lines out for us, right? Yes, we're responding to a search, but then the second piece, this divine revelation by which God comes to meet man. Like God's desire for you may manifest and tangible and accessible through the man, through the heart of a man. It's so beautiful. And so what I want to convey to you guys, I know none of this sounds very practical at all, right? Aaron's like, give us some practicals as to how I can do it. Like, I don't, I don't know anything else that's practical other than to tell you that the relating of the contents of your own heart to God will transform it. Okay? The relating of the deepest places of your heart that you let no one else see will transform your heart. 
And all of a sudden, that question that you're considering of, should I leave this sorority? But I don't know because I don't know if I'm going to have friends on the outside of it. Or should I change my major? But that's a big risk because I don't know if there's going to be a, a well-paying career on the outside of it. Or should I, should I choose to become a missionary? I don't know what that's going to look like. What if I get sent to the worst campus, right? All of those questions no longer have conditions that matter. Because what you're saying yes to is a person and nothing else. Like nothing more, nothing less. And you're resting in his gaze and able to move freely there. And so, um, practical. Uh, that's all I have that's practical. I'm, I'm brought to the quote, um, many of you have probably heard this from Father Pedro Rupe. Um, he was a Jesuit, and uh, he was talking about what it is to love God and allow God to love you and allow him into these deep places of your heart. And one of the seminarians that he was speaking to raised his hand, and he said, uh, Father, um, that all sounds really nice and really fluffy, but it's not practical. And he paused for a moment, and he said this. This is how he responded. Nothing is more practical than finding God, than falling in love in a quite absolute and final way. It will decide what will get you out of bed in the morning, what you do with your weekends, what you read, whom you know, what breaks your heart, what seizes you with joy and gratitude. Fall in love, stay in love, and it will decide everything. Um, that's, that's like as practical as I can give you. Like in someone, from someone who's still very much in the school of learning to say a full yes to the Lord as well. Like that's all I have to offer you. Um, but as a final word, I, uh, I would be remiss if I came and talked to college students about giving a full yes and I didn't say anything about vocations, okay? So, um, I think I also, yeah, I just like felt like a tangible, like, we're going to not receive this. <laughs> Um, so it's just like, just take that, it's going to be okay, I'm not going to say anything crazy, and also, like, live with the Lord. He's not going to ask anything of you that is going to take anything from you, okay? Um, but just in praying for you all, um, yeah, for, for you women in the room, um, God, who has such a deep ache for each human heart that I, I touched on, right? Um, he will sometimes like display a, a certain preference that you would belong to him alone. Um, that this ache, this deep ache that he has for each human heart, uh, it would be received by someone with a feminine heart and um, so transformed within her and reflected back to the world. And all of a sudden, like this woman becomes a reflection of God's humanity. And so, yeah, I just want to offer to you that if you have maybe been in prayer and you're relating to the Lord and you have sensed, like, oh, Jesus, I feel like you might have a preference for me. Like, just be not afraid to go there in prayer, okay? Just be not afraid. Um, and for um, the men in the room, as you are coming into deeper knowledge of your own masculine desires for fatherhood and to protect and provide and care for someone and... Um, to generate life for the world. And you get the sense that um, the way God's asking you
to live that out might be to participate in his very desire for that, uh, might be to participate in his own sacrificial love on behalf of his bride, the church. Like, might you consider the priesthood? Um, I don't like. I don't know of anything more valiant than a man laying down his life for the church. Um, so long as he's being called there, right? And so be not afraid to go there in prayer. Um, and then finally, if you're discerning marriage, I don't have too much advice. <laughs> um, or if you feel called to discern marriage, like the best thing I can say is like, just ask a girl out already. <laughs> that's, that's like the best. I mean, yeah, Valentine's Day, and then we got all these things stirring up. Like, ask the girl out, okay? Um, but a full yes, a yes that comes from mutual consent of a lover and a beloved. Jesus, give us the grace to desire it. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world I think there's some discussion questions that we have up there. So, um, 20, 20 minutes, maybe? Lower, 15. Okay, great. 15 minutes. You got it.